0: Matthew 18 verse 21 then Peter came to Jesus and asked Lord how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times Jesus answered I tell you not seven times but seventy-seven times therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. It probably means sold into slavery or something awful like that. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. And this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of God. Pastor.
1: So while i 'm getting my uh, PowerPoint and stuff going, maybe you just want to grab hold of um, sermon notes there around you. so I think any of you younger guys who can read you can um, you can use the sermon notes. Um, Try to give you the sermon in multiple different ways, so you get the sermon notes, you get the uh, the PowerPoint, you get the talk. Try to make them all slightly different, so you get it in different ways, uh, different ways to understand it. I want to try and be, you know, relatively short and to the point. Today we're in the Lord's Prayer, and the petition in the Lord's Prayer that we're reading today is very simple it says forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors but at the end Jesus adds this extra little comment for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your Heavenly Father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others your father will not forgive your sins it's very stark Little piece of scripture, isn't it? But let's just remind ourselves as we start that Christianity um, is all about forgiveness. It's core to its identity, but it also makes it completely unique. um, In this truth that the Lord, the creator of all, has found a way to be both just and the one who justifies. Um, That's from Romans 3. Justifies means to clear of sin, to not count sin against you. And our God, great as he is, and seeing all that he does, and being so much more holy than we are, has found a way um, to justify people, to forgive them, and to clear them of guilt, and to free them uh, from the possibility of the punishment of sins, without himself somehow bending the rules or sweeping sin under the carpet. And you know what that is. That solution is that he sends his own son, Jesus Christ, as a man to take the full force of God's wrath on human sin. It's a dramatic cosmic intervention unmatched by history or fiction. All other religions can say to you, is uh, sooner or later you have to pull your socks up. You have to pull yourselves up out of, uh, by your bootlaces. In other words, all other religions boil down to this. Try harder. Try harder. Do better. And Christianity is unique and completely different. In the forgiveness, um, justification is offered to you this morning as a gift. And um, you can just take it by faith. By faith just means saying yes um, to the offer that's there for you. If you haven't taken hold of this, God this morning says to you, "Um, I offer you forgiveness on the basis of what my son did on the cross. All I want you to do is say yes, I take hold of that. Of course he wants you to make him Lord as well and to put him in charge and all that comes with that. But ultimately, you could do that this morning and you could simply say, yes, Lord, I I want that forgiveness. Put your hand in the outstretched hand of God and trust what Jesus has done on your behalf. All other religions say try harder and there is no then. then. There is then no assurance that you're right with God at the end of the day. Christianity is different. So the message is clear then in the Lord's Prayer and throughout um, the New Testament that the Lord has forgiven us our debts. And that we should then forgive our debtors. Or as Paul puts it in Colossians, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's the standard. That's your call as a Christian. Forgive as the Lord uh, forgave you. So today we read the, the story of the unmerciful servant. And it's a great story, it helps us, isn't it? And the bottom line is this, it's morally repugnant for someone who has been forgiven much and I was trying to work it out because it says here that um, he, he owed 10,000 bags of gold, uh, which is a talent, a translation of a talent, and a talent was about 20 years of a day labourer's um, wages, so that's 10,000, that's 200,000 years wages. Is what he owed. So the 2.3 billion um, on, on that uh, little video is probably not unrealistic. But the bottom line is this: you have been given, you've been forgiven much, and you must forgive what you owed the Lord. Just take this 200,000 years in your mind for a minute. What you owed the Lord before you came to Christ was unpayable. Unpayable. Please realise this. You didn't and you don't have the resources to pay it back. You have no gains of your own that are not ill-gotten. You have no clean currency. In that sense, you have no currency at all to pay back what you owed the Lord. If you have never felt the full force of this, then you are at a disadvantage in the Christian life. If you've never reckoned with this reality, then you will keep trying to pay back your debt by your own efforts. And I would suggest if you've never understood that you have an unpayable debt, and you don't even have the currency to pay it back, that you cry to the Lord to send his Holy Spirit to bring conviction of sin into your life, because it hasn't really happened yet. And it's very difficult to progress without it. So we're to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. And the starting point is cancelling the debt. I think that's a really good place to start. And when you think about that's the that these are the terms that the parable puts it in. What is the debt that you feel um, that you've been owed? So the starting point is you look at somebody who sinned against you and you say, I am cancelling their debt. But Jesus says uh, to Peter, um, this is how my heavenly Father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. And I think it's also true that the goal of forgiveness is always a, a restoration of the relationship. A restoration of the relationship. And I think if we take the Lord, the Lord God is our example of forgiveness. It's forgiveness uh, with an intention to restore um, to a full relationship. Um, and that's what you should be aiming for. I wonder what Peter was thinking. Because it's Peter who comes to Jesus and says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister uh, who sins against me? I wonder who he's thinking of. Has he fallen out with another of the twelve? Or is he kind of, you know, there were some annoying disciples who kind of like, who attached to Jesus and he's, and, and he's struggling with. Well, he needs to cancel the debt and he needs to aim for a full uh, restoration of of the relationship. And I recognize that there is potentially a lot of water between those two things. But if you have genuinely cancelled the debt, then it's certainly a better start to getting to that point of restoring um, a relationship. It's complicated. I'm not going to go into this in depth this morning. It's complicated when the other party doesn't want to be reconciled. It's complicated when it was somebody who has now died, for example, who who has sinned against you. But in each of those cases, you cancel the debt. You have to, in your mind, cancel the debt. And if it's somebody who's still alive, then you have to have reconciliation ready to go as best you can, should they change their mind. But I recognize that even where a a sinner and and a which has broken a relationship, has happened, um, the relationship may have been set back. So it's quite possible that you cancel the debt, but trust has been broken. But the aim is still um, maybe to recognise that trust has gone back a few steps, but you cancel the debt, and your aim is to work towards uh, a restoration of the relationship. That's really straightforward. Now, interestingly, Jesus here, and Matthew, the word Matthew uses, is is debts. Forgive us our debts. And the Lord's Prayer has been variously translated over time. Forgive us our trespasses, or forgive us our sins, or forgive us our debts. Now, as far as I can find out, trespasses goes back to William Tyndale's um, translation. That's 15-something, the late 1500s. And then that got taken into the Anglican Prayer Book, uh, particularly the 1662 prayer book. And then it's been quite difficult to get rid of that word trespasses. I don't know what, what's used in other languages. Um, but in English, we've kind of, we, for historical reasons, we've got this word trespass. And I don't know about you, but I think um, trespass is kind of like a misdemeanor at, uh, at worst, isn't it? Trespass, you're a bit naughty. Um, you, you went somewhere you shouldn't have done. You went onto somebody else's land. One writer says that a trespass is just a movement of the foot. Um, And we use it euphemistically, am I trespassing on your thoughts? You know, or something along those lines. It doesn't mean very much, it's not very serious. In today's language, you could almost be saying, forgive me my faux pas. So it's not really, although it's historical, I understand it, uh, unless it's understood properly, it's not a very helpful translation. So Matthew uses the standard word for debt. He literally um, records Jesus as saying forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. So why debts? Because some writers have gone as far as to say well Jesus is not speaking here about sins at all, He's he's speaking about unpaid loans. But it's clearly not the case because when Jesus repeats the prayer uh, in a different situation, we assume in Luke 11, um, Luke has both sins and debts. Forgive us our sins as we forgive our debtors, using standard word for sin, standard word for for debt. And it's clear too, isn't it, from the context here when you read down, um, the the NIV's got it right. It's the word for debt in verse 12, and it's the word for sin uh, in verse 14. If you forgive men when they sin against you, if you give other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, that little bit of their sins has been added in, your Father will not forgive your sins. So it's, it's clear then that we are talking about sin. Uh, forgive us our sins as we forgive other people who, who've sinned against us, and that's probably the best translation. But let's come back to this parable and think that there are two sides of sin. So this forgiveness that we need, the debt that we owe, yes at one level it's a payment, it's a, it's a, a recompense, a payment for uh, sins we've committed, but there's also a debt that we owe for good deeds, honour and service to God which we have not committed. Sometimes we call that sins of commission, things that I have done, as compared to sins of omission, things we've left undone. And historically that's been noted. Again, if we went back to the 1662 prayer book, and I grew up with a version um, of, of this prayer I don't know whether you recognize it, but it goes like this in the old language. I think when we were in church it was I can't remember whether it was quite this uh, archaic but it goes like this: "Almighty. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare them, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. It's a great prayer, isn't it? There's lots of actually really good prayers in the 1662 prayer book. It's well written. So there are things that you have done of which you are conscious. And can I tell you, they are just the tip of the iceberg. There is a whole nine-tenths of the iceberg underwater of things you've done wrong today, this week, of which you have absolutely no inkling. And it's worth reminding ourselves of that. So we pray with David... In Psalm 19, who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Okay, nine-tenths of the sin that you need forgiveness for today, you just haven't even realized that you've done. There's probably a smaller list of things that you think you should have done, but you're conscious that you didn't do. Or it's quite possible that that list is, is completely empty. And then there's, even, then there's an, an even bigger iceberg of things that you should have done, but you're absolutely completely oblivious to. And we pray again with David, Psalm 139, Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So be assured this morning your debt is 200,000 years wages. Your debt is much, much larger than you are conscious of. Isn't it a good thing that we don't even have the currency to start paying? Otherwise, most of us would just climb in and say, okay, I'm going to do better. And you know that's not the right response. Not at least until you've come to Christ and said, Lord, I cannot pay. I cannot, cannot pay. Please forgive me. And then be comforted. 1 John 1, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us and then Tim's going to give us the rest. I <laughs> know oh, it's you. One you've got to buy, member. If we confess our sins, thank you. Sorry, that was really mean, wasn't it? <laughs> but I know, but I know that, but I knew that you knew it. Um, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that great? When we come to Him, He will forgive us our sins. And I take it to mean when it says he will purify us from all unrighteousness, means he will forgive you the bottom of the iceberg as well as the top. Isn't that fantastic? You still need to come to confession, but he will forgive you all that stuff you're just not not even beginning to be conscious of. As we also have forgiven our debtors, we also, that's the scary bit, Forgive us as we also have forgiven our debtors. Jesus expands on this petition as we saw. And we said it already. If you don't forgive others who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. How are we to take this? That's pretty dramatic. It it says, well, it says what it says. If you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's pretty stark, isn't it? Well, the context, let's get this right, is a public address, it's the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is speaking to a crowd, most of whom are not his disciples. And so I think the resolution of this is that that he is saying, if you don't forgive other people, you are not one of my followers. You are not one of God's people. I think that's what he's saying. If you don't forgive other people, you you are not one of God's people. And if you're not one of God's people, if you're not one of my followers, you are not, by definition, forgiven. If you don't forgive, you're not a Christian. I think that's what he's saying. And I think the answer to this is... Sorry, let's just catch up a bit. So I think it borders on hyperbole, and in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus Uses hyperbole, which is deliberate—a deliberate kind of overstatement or pushing things to their absolute limit. Which is like if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away, because it's better to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. And that's in Matthew 5. Well, that's absolutely right. It's absolutely true. It is strictly, strictly speaking, it's true. If you, if it's better if you. Um, it's better to lose a part of your body than to, be, than to be thrown in your hell, but it's a kind of... So strictly speaking it's true, but Jesus is not asking us in the, in the main to practice it as a means of sanctification. When this too is true, if you're not forgiving, you're not, you're not a Christian. But, we'll come to the but in a minute, but let's touch this question first. So if you are struggling to forgive, should you doubt your salvation? yes maybe you should yes maybe you should if nothing has changed over the years in your ability to forgive yes all the more reason question whether you really say if you are never convicted of sin and you never so you never uh, you, you never have a sense that you've sinned yes doubt your salvation. If you never feel the need to confess sin absolutely. Because if you never feel the need to confess sin what on earth makes you think you're a Christian? Mm -hmm. We are to forgive as the Lord forgave us. But on the other hand but if you're one of Christ's, one of Christ's, you are forgiven, you are justified, always, always. And there will be times when your forgiveness will be less than total, and you will need forgiveness for the, for the unforgiveness, you see what I mean. And forgiveness for the unforgiveness is here. But I don't want to take away the force of that's the primary meaning of what Jesus says. I was tempted to resolve this a second way, which was to say that we are always justified, as Christians, we're always justified. And our sin is always covered by the blood of Christ, past, present, future sin, and that's true. But when we fail to forgive other people, we block our experience of the Lord's forgiveness. Of us, because forgiveness is restoration of relationship. And when you don't forgive, I think it's true that you're justified, but you're not experiencing God's forgiveness of you. You've kind of broken that relationship. You've damaged that father child relationship that you have. Because you've offended Him. You grieved the Holy Spirit massively. That is, that we're justified, always justified, but unforgiveness means that the restored relationship is not available to you, and the joy of it is not available to you. I think that's true. But I don't think that's what Jesus means here. In other words, it's still true, that's still true, but that's not what Jesus was talking about. I think Jesus is saying, if you're not forgiving, you're not one of my followers. And so I think this is perhaps the primary reason, one of the primary reasons we feel distant from the Lord. It's because you... You've not forgiven. So, if you're feeling a long way from the Lord, this is one of the one of the things you should check. My go-to one is pride, you know, because God opposes the pride, but gives proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, if you're feeling distant from the Lord, um, check pride. But here's another one. I think one another of those key reasons you feel distant from the Lord. who, Who have you not forgiven? Okay, let's wrap this up. I've come to the conviction over the last few weeks that the Lord's Prayer is not primarily um, a set prayer to be used. It doesn't matter if you do use it as a set prayer, it's not inappropriate, but it's the pattern for all our prayers. pattern for all our prayers, public and private. Um, This is then how you should pray, that's what Jesus said. And the disciples come to him in a slightly different context, um, in in Luke 11, and they say, um, "Teach teach us to pray. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say. So it doesn't matter if you use it as a set prayer, but it is also the pattern for for all our prayers. So if you're using ACTS, the Acts pattern, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, that's fine. And you're used to using that, carry on. Um, But in the same way that that has been set as a pattern for all our prayers, the Lord's Prayer is the pattern for all our prayers. But the benefit of praying this way comes through repetition. And I think if you've practiced this already, you will have seen a change. And thank you for the bits of testimony for those who've already seen a change. The benefit of the prayer comes through repetition. So you need to examine your heart. And come repeatedly to the Lord. When you pray, come and ask forgiveness. When you pray, say, forgive me. When you pray, each time you pray, come and say, forgive me, Lord, my debts. And confess to the Lord. Work out what you have that you need to confess. Otherwise, you're just not being realistic about sin. When you pray, examine your heart and repeatedly come to the Lord and forgive. And forgive. I know it's a struggle. I know there's going to be places you're going to find that really hard. But if you come each time you pray, praying in this Lord's Prayer pattern and saying, this person I forgive and this person, Lord, I pray that you will restore um, this relation back to you. It will back to me. It will change your heart. It's changed my heart. And it will change your relationship with the Lord. And that's what we want at the end. And then, of course, you should go out and put it into practice, but that's a story for another day. That's pray. Can I read this to you as we pray? And maybe you just want to, or maybe you want to read it. Um, and you just kind of put your own thoughts to this as I, as I read it through.